Good morning. Happy Fourth of July weekend. Glad uh, that you all could be with us today. Will you stand with us and let's sing together this great song that reminds us that we are free, not just because we live in a country that's free, but because we are free in Jesus. That's where true freedom comes from. sinful nature anymore. You 
I'm free. You are free in the name of Jesus Christ. And the people said together, amen. I am free. John 8, 36, if the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. And so as we celebrate our freedom in Christ together, we want to welcome you to First Baptist Church. And if you're a guest with us, we're especially glad that you're here. And the one thing we'd ask is that you would fill out the registration card that's located there in the P-Rack. Uh, there's a space available if you have a prayer request or if you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, you can indicate that on the card. Later on in our service, when we take up our offering, you just drop that card in there and that's our mechanism to to get that back from you. So, hey, how about them fireworks, right? Has your neighborhood been filled with those? That's been awesome. Yeah, I didn't think so either, but hey, it's about to be over. How many of your dogs are hiding under the bed? (laughs) I'm hiding, never mind, we we move on. But uh, as we celebrate our freedom in Christ, we also celebrate a freedom as as a nation. So we're excited about that. And as we finish up this weekend and this holiday, get back to work on Monday, uh, we're excited that our freedom in Christ is eternal, and just like, uh, you know, we're free right now in our nation, and this has gone on a lot further than I thought it would, so I'm going to wrap that up, and I'll tell you what, if you want, we can stand together and say hello to one another. Does that sound good? <laughs> Let's do that. Say hello to the people around you. Will you remain standing as we sing together? I want 
was captive by the enemy. He had me thinking I was out of reach. Oh, Jesus, mercy shut his mouth. I once was crippled by the weight of shame. You know what I mean? Embarrassed. I couldn't even show my face. Oh, Jesus, then I heard you speak. Your love, it comes with no conditions. You gave us your whole heart. My hope is in the blood of Jesus. I know who I am because of who you are. Amen. I hear you calling me beyond my sin. Yeah. You tell me that grace has taken care of Praise the Lord. Oh, Jesus, you're my victory. You know what I mean? Sing it out. Oh, Jesus, you're my victory. Your love becomes with no conditions. You give us your heart.
He's called us out upon the waters, the great unknown where feet may fail. And there I find you in the mystery, in oceans deep, my faith, my faith will stand. Without borders, let me walk upon the wall. 
morning just calling out your name you are worthy of our praise your name is wonderful. Your power is great. Lord, we come before you this morning just acknowledging that you are God. You are God, and we are not. Oh, Lord, we call on your name this morning. We pray that our hearts and our worship will be glorifying to you, Lord, as we sing out your praise. You are worthy. At your name, every knee will bow. Knowing that death could not hold us. Here we go. Sing it. Death could not hold you. A veil torn before you. You silenced the boast of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring. The praise of your glory. Yours is the glory. 
Let's pray. Oh, Lord, we come before you this morning to honor and worship you. We are humbled by your love for us. We are inspired that you call us out on your call, of, call us out of our comfort to your ocean depths. We are in awe of the power of your name. Now, Lord, we want to give something back to you. We want to put a smile on your face. So we pray that you open our hearts to hear from your word so that we might live our lives in a way that pleases you. And the people of God said, amen, amen. Please be seated. Good morning. It's good to see you today. Good to worship with you. I want to share with you today about the call of God upon your life. God is a God who communicates with us. I believe that God calls us even today, not just in ancient times. I believe that God speaks to people today. And that's an incredible idea that the God who created the universe would want to talk to us. God's a communicative God. He speaks. And so today, I want to ask you, would, would you consider the call of God upon your life? Would you listen for God's communication. So I want us to try to recognize how God speaks to us so that we might respond to Him. So we're going to look at the method of how God speaks and then the content of what God might be saying. How is it that God speaks to us? What methods does He use? Uh, you may say, what do you mean God talks to me? I, I don't know that I've ever heard God talk. How, how does God talk? Well, First of all, I think that God can speak audibly. God can speak in an audible voice. I think an example of that in Scripture is the call of Samuel. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, Samuel was just a little boy. He was just a kid. And it says in the Bible in 1 Samuel 3, 4, that then the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli. Eli was the priest, the adult there, and said, here I am. You called me. This happened three times before Eli figured out that it must be God speaking to him. And he told Samuel to say, speak, your, uh, your servant listens. I think this was an audible call, don't you? But because it seems like Samuel mistook it for a human voice. He thought the adult 
Eli was calling him. He went to Eli. So it seems to me like the most natural way to understand this, God spoke audibly to Samuel. I've never had God speak to me audibly. That's outside of my experience. I've talked to other individuals. I believe that God can speak any way that he chooses to. I've never had a dream in which I felt like God was speaking to me or a vision. I've had, heard other people who uh, said that they have. But we, I, I think we, it's uh, clear here that God can do that. He can speak audibly. Now, secondly, God often speaks inaudibly. And I think an example of that in Scripture, uh, where he speaks quietly or speaks to our heart or to our spirit or, or puts thoughts into our minds, is in uh, Acts chapter 8, verse 29, where the Bible says, The Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. So Philip was standing beside the Lord by a road, and the Spirit said to him, and I take that, it could be out loud, but don't you sort of take that verse to think that, that because it says the Spirit, who is the person of God who's within us, don't you sort of take that verse to mean that it was in his heart that the Spirit said that? I, I, that's my understanding of it. So here's a way where God communicates. I think the Spirit nudged Philip, the Spirit put this thought into to Philip's mind, go to that chariot and stay near it. And then if you know the story, there was a man coming back from worshiping in, in uh, Jerusalem. He was reading the book of Isaiah. He needed somebody to help him understand it. God used Philip to interpret that prophecy to him, but it came from the leadership of the Spirit. So I think this is the way that God most often speaks to us today uh, because of the nature of God is Spirit. He speaks to our spirit. And so I have certainly had occasions in my life where I have felt God spoke to me in that way, where he led me uh, to do something, where he put some thoughts into my mind, where there was a course of action I ought to take that clearly to me was the voice of God. So I think that we see that, that God often speaks to us in our hearts, inaudibly, by leading us, prompting us, bringing thoughts to our minds. Now... However God, we think God is speaking to us, whether it's audibly or inaudibly, we're to test it by the Word of God because the Bible is God's authoritative communication to us. The way that we know God is speaking, we can be wrong when we follow some impressions or promptings, uh, but the Bible is God's authoritative, and so we test every communication by it. Let me read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 36 and 37. And the occasion of this is, Paul's writing to the Corinthians, and they had a lot of prophets in their church who were speaking words of prophecy. They had people in their church who were speaking in tongues and then delivering messages by interpretation. And there was a lot going on, and it tended to confusion. And Paul, in this chapter, was giving them some specific guidelines to restore order in worship. He said more, no more than two or three of you can share a prophecy, can claim that you have a word from God in any service, and if you speak in a tongue, there must be an interpreter and so forth. That's the passage before that. And then it gets to these verses where he says in chapter 14, verse 36, or did the word of God originate with you? You're not the authority, he's saying. Or are you the only people it's reached? Verse 37, if anyone thinks they are a prophet or otherwise gifted by the Spirit, let them acknowledge that what I'm writing to you is the Lord's command. Paul says, what I'm sharing comes from the Lord himself. The written word here trumps your personal leadership, 
or you're where you think the Spirit has led you, so you've got to test those things and submit them to the Word of God, he's saying here. Do you hear this? The Lord's own command is the authority in our lives. So be sure when you think God is speaking to you, um, that you that it's never going to lead you contrary to the Word of God or in a different emphasis from the Bible. And so you test everything that, that you may think God is speaking to you by what the Bible says. You see, some people say to me sometimes, say, you know, I believe in God if He had just if he'd just talk to me, if I could just hear from him. And I think they mean either an audible voice or maybe a, a clear, inaudible voice in their heart, and they're, they're just longing for a little more communication from God. Maybe you felt like that. You know, I just sometimes wish I could hear from God, just that God would speak to this situation. And I'd believe in him or I'd follow him. But what I want you to see here is, even if God spoke to you in an audible voice, you still, the authority is the Bible. You still have to test it by and submit it to the Bible. I'm saying to you, God has spoken to you in a way that's more authoritative than if he said, hey, Breton, I want to talk to you today. He's spoken in a more authoritative way. And even if he said to me, hey, Breton, I want you to, then I would have to test that, these verses are saying, by the word of God. God has spoken. This is his authoritative, inerrant communication to us. And so all leadings have to be submitted to it. So don't say, uh, you know, God hasn't ever spoken to me. Yes, he has. He's given you 66 books in the Bible. That's his authoritative word. Now, one more thing is we're talking about the method. We're trying to listen for God's voice. We're trying to hear his communication with us. One more thing about the method of his speaking is that God seems to prefer to use human messengers to call us. God just seems to prefer to use people to talk to us. And so some of the way that God is speaking to us is through other people. Again, we may think, oh, I wish God would just speak to me. And it may be that God's saying, I am speaking to you. There's a preacher standing up there flapping his lips right now. Why don't you listen to me through him? I've got a Sunday school teacher. You've got a mom who's saying some good stuff to you. Listen to your mother. God speaks through people. Show it to you here in Acts chapter 9, verses 10 and 11. In Acts 9, Paul had, uh, God had spoken to Saul on the road to Damascus. You know that story, right? And so then in Acts chapter 9, verses 10 and 11, in Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. So God speaks to Ananias, tells Ananias to go talk to Saul. Why didn't God just cut out the middleman? What if he's going to give a vision to Ananias to go talk to, to Saul? Why doesn't he just give the vision straight to Saul? Wouldn't that be more efficient? You know, he could cut out this middleman here. But you know what? God seems to prefer to speak through human messengers. And so he sends Ananias to speak to Saul. He'd already spoken to Saul directly on the road to Damascus, so we know he could do that. But here, and often you're going to see this pattern, God, when he speaks, speaks through prophets and preachers and 
the writers of the Bible, he speaks through people. Even after we have the completed word of God, it is still his methodology. He says in Romans 10, 14, how can they hear without someone preaching to them? So even after we have the word of God finished, God still prefers to have fallible people like me and Jake and Tim and, and others stand up before you and you listen to us in our uh, incomplete ways, trying to apply the Bible to our lives. It's just God's method. So if you're going to listen to God, you're going to listen to him through some the voices of godly people around you. Don't say God isn't speaking to you. He's given you the Bible, which is an authoritative word, and he's got people applying it, interpreting, and speaking wisdom. Would you listen to God through them? Because this seems to be God's methodology of how he speaks to us. Well, if that's how he speaks, then what's the content of what he's saying? What is God primarily wanting to say to us? Now, God's sovereign. He can say to us anything he wants to. But what I want us to do in our remainder of our time is look at the word call in the New Testament and see how God uses the word call. When the word call with God as the subject in the, in the New Testament, what's, it, what's God saying? And we find that this word is used in three ways. First of all, the, the word call refers to God calling people to salvation. By far the biggest message that God has to you and the biggest thing that he wants to say to you and the way the Bible most talks about God calling us is that God calls us to salvation. Let me show you a couple of examples of that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, it says, God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So God is calling you into fellowship with his, him through his Son, Jesus Christ. You see, our, our basic human problem is that we're sinners and our sin has separated us from God and thus separated us from life eternal and abundant separated us from the good life God wants to give us and so we're all out of whack and we're out of joint and God has made a way to bridge that gap by the death and resurrection of his son Jesus that's the historical event that's made it possible for you to to know God and so now he's calling you into a fellowship with him through his son Jesus Christ God wants you to to know him he wants to restore you to, to what you need in life w would you would you listen for that call maybe right now you're, you're not a Christian you've not yet confessed your faith in Jesus and and been baptized and and, and God is calling you through this verse first Corinthians 1 9 and he's calling you through my human words to try to apply this verse to you and he's calling you through the leadership of the Spirit, the way he talked to Philip, confirming that, saying, in your heart, yes, that's what I want you to do. Would, would you listen for the voice of God? Well, uh, this is how God speaks to people today. This is one of the things that he's doing. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9, Peter says it another way, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So here we hear that the call is both negative and positive. He's calling you out of something and to something. And so the call of God to salvation 
may be he's making you dissatisfied with darkness. He's convicting you of sin. This, you're not comfortable anymore. You're restless. You're dissatisfied with your life as it is. That's God calling you out of darkness, and he's calling you into the light. He's wooing you and attracting you to the message of Christianity and to a relationship with himself. And that's the, the, the voice of God calling you out of darkness into his wonderful light. I experienced that when I was nine years old, really for some time before that in my life, conviction of sin and attraction to Christ. And I experienced God speaking to me. I've never heard him in an audible voice. He may well speak to you audibly. He never has to me, or at least I've never heard that, but in a very just as real a way that he called me to salvation. And he may be calling you in that same way. So one more verse about that, John 5, 24. Jesus, when he's here on earth, said, Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged but has crossed over from death to life. Jesus saying, if you just hear me. Now they were all hearing the sounds, but some of them weren't really hearing that this was God calling through Jesus. Would you hear that God is calling you to salvation? Maybe you're here today and, and there's that unmistakable voice of God in your life. And he's calling you in this time to believe in him and follow him. Let me share with you a second way that this word call is used. We're talking about the content of how God speaks to us today. And another way that God calls is that God calls to ministry. He calls to ministry. Now, when he calls you to salvation, he calls you to ministry. Every Christian who is called into fellowship with Jesus is called to serve him. Everybody's called to be a preacher. I believe you're called to preach as much as I'm called to preach. But I don't believe that all of you are called to be a pastor as I've been called to be a pastor. So the functions of witnessing and of serving are, are part of the call of salvation. But here I'm talking about a specialized way that this word call is sometimes used, not for everyone, that he calls some to a life of vocational ministry as a missionary, as a pastor, as a worship pastor, as a student pastor, uh, as a children's pastor, uh, that, that he calls into some form where you give your life to ministry. Uh, show it to you in Romans chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. So do you hear the wording there? This is different from what he's talking about, this call to salvation. Paul has had a special call in his life as an apostle. He has been set apart for the gospel of God. I'll read it to you also in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Uh, verses 1 and 2, where Paul begins that letter, and he says, <clears throat> Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, and called to be his holy people, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So here in these two verses, do you see that he's used the word call in both of these ways in the two opening verses? In the first verse, he said, I'm Paul, and I've been called to be an apostle. That's my credentials. That's why I'm writing to you. But he says, I'm writing to all who are called to be his holy people. So here's both uses that we've seen so far, this word, back to back in two verses. So the second way, God is calling some of you to ministry. And, and I want to call out those whom God is calling. And maybe in our church. Uh, he's speaking to you about a life 
given to ministry. In every generation, there is a great need for Christian ministers. Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send workers in the harvest. That's what I'm doing now. Uh, on the, the wall of my study hangs a certificate of license that years ago, when I felt called to preach, a church Gave a stamp of approval to that. Yeah, maybe he could preach a little bit. And and so they, and it says on there, having given evidence of a call to preach. And so that is uh, that a church recognized that call. We believe in a call. We don't believe that you should just sign up to be a a pastor or a missionary um, like you might for some other major in college or whatever that there must be that claim of God having been set apart because that's the only thing that will sustain you in ministry. But, but we believe God calls people. So maybe there's some of you. I had this call upon my life when I was 15 years old, uh, when I was in high school. Just a clear, uh, clear impression of God. This is what you're supposed to do with your life. This is what I want you to do. And maybe you're a kid here. I believe God can call kids to ministry. Maybe you're a a teenager, a young adult. Often God calls people in your your younger years of teens, college, things, because you're you're choosing where you're going to go in your life, but not always. There may be a senior adult. There may be an adult in the middle of life, and and you've gone one direction in life, and this is not where you were supposed to go. Or maybe it was where you were supposed to go for a season to prepare you for the next season, but now there's a season when God is calling you to ministry. Would you listen for the call of God to vocational ministry to give your life as a preacher or teacher or missionary or whatever? Uh, would you consider the voice of God there that he might be calling you uh, in that way? Let me share with you, and, and, and so, and if he does, I, I will hope you'll share that with our church at the end of this service, an invitation. You can come down and say, uh, I think God may be calling me to ministry. I don't know what that'll look like. I don't know what I'm supposed to do for here, but I, I just, and, and we'll pray for you, and we'll seek to affirm you and encourage you and help you discern if that's God's call or not. So I invite you to respond in that way. There's a third way the word call is used in the New Testament, and it's a call to specific assignments. God calls people to do specific things. And so I hope you'll hear this kind of call. Let me give you a couple of examples. In first, in the Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 3, the church at Antioch was worshiping like we are this morning. And it says in verse 1, Now in the church at Antioch there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaean, who had brought, been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. So there were five pastors on staff of this church. And while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, I don't know how he said it. I don't know if he said it audibly, if they heard a voice. I don't know if it was through one of these prophets. I don't know if it was an impression upon their heart. But in some way, maybe because of the Holy Spirit, it was that kind of, that kind of interleading. We don't know. The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Now this wasn't a call to salvation. 
Paul had already responded to that call. It wasn't a call to ministry for a lifetime. Paul had already responded to that, already identified as an apostle. But now, here he was as an apostle to the Gentiles at, at Antioch, but God has a specific assignment of a mission trip for these two to go to another place with the gospel. It's a short-term assignment. They came back to Antioch after it was over. It's a specific call to an assignment. And God said, I have called them to this. Would you consider in your life that God may be calling you to specific assignments? I've had this type call in my life. I felt called to come to this place in Manchester and serve. I've held, felt God leading me to go talk to people. Just a few weeks ago, I had such a burden on my heart to go talk to somebody about the Lord. And, and I just couldn't, I couldn't get away from it until I obeyed that prompting uh, that I believe was from the Holy Spirit giving me a specific assignment to go talk to somebody about Jesus. So would you listen for that in your life, that, that God speaks to you and has work for you to do? I'll give you another example in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 16, verse 9 and 10. Here they're on a second mission trip. Now Paul and Silas are on another specific assignment, and in the midst of that assignment, God calls them to a different assignment, Acts 16, 9. It says, during the night, Paul had a vision. God can call in all different ways. I've never had a vision, but Paul had, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. And after Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So here again was where God changed their plans. Would you be open to God changing your plans? In the midst of where they were going, God called them to go from Asia to Greece and the gospel came to Europe for the first time, perhaps, or at least in Paul's experience it did, because they concluded God had called them there. So God calls specific assignments. What does God want you to do? Are you listening to God? Are you responsive to Him? I want to share with you some needs in our church. i got a list of them I'm going to put up there. Our new um, church year begins, as school begins roughly, the 1st of August, first Sunday in August. And so we're in the midst now of recruiting leaders for the new church year. And uh, my wife Cindy is our director of education and, and leads this effort. And uh, I asked her to give me a list of these. These are places where we need some people to accept specific assignments to which God may be calling you. Would you ask, search your heart, is God calling me to do this? And so here's a way where you need to listen for God in a specific way in your life. And uh, we're late in the process. Cindy tells me in 20 years of doing this that she's doing this, uh, we got more needs at this stage four weeks from today as our new church here than we've ever had before. And she tells me she's asked over 30 people in our congregation to fulfill these assignments. And over 30 to 35 people, she says, have said no. So either we're missing the boat and God does not want us to have high school girls taught, maybe that's the case, or God does want us to have high school girls taught, but some of us are not listening to or responding to God's voice, His call to us. And so I'm asking you, would you listen for that? So we need two women uh, for two different classes to teach uh, a grade, 11th, 12th, whatever it may be, of high school girls. 
It's flexible. And then we need a couple or a woman to teach three-year-olds in 9.45 a.m. connection groups. And we need a couple or two women to teach four-year-olds on Wednesday nights. We need a fellowship team leader to lead our, organize our Thanksgiving dinner and our chili cook-off and those things. And we need some volunteers to operate the sound or lights during, during worship. Would you listen for God's call to these specific assignments? Cindy's going to be at the Welcome Center after the, uh, the service this morning. And uh, if God's calling you to one of these areas, and, and I said, Cindy, where are we missing the boat? Is it primarily that we're not helping parents teach kids? I said, no, primarily we have, our problem is that parents are not teaching. Of 26 places where we have uh, uh, teachers for preschoolers and children, only four of them are taught by parents for preschoolers or children. 20, so the rest of us are helping well. We need parents to step up here. So parents, you, you know, if you, if you teach a scout troop, you're probably going to have to help with that. You know, we need you to help with the spiritual training of your children. Is God calling you? Now, there are always a few people that we have to protect, that they want to do everything. They interpret everything as God's call, you know. And we, but, but we don't want people who are already serving in multiple places to do that. We, we don't want anybody to be burnt out, overburdened. So would you listen for God's call in, in your life? Now, so let's review these three calls in reverse order. First of all, is God calling you to specific assignment? Would you be ready and listening to that throughout your life, that God wants you to talk to somebody about Jesus at work, that God wants you to go on a mission trip, that God wants you to make a one-year commitment in your church to serve? Would you listen for that now? Second, is God calling you to a life of ministry? What are you going to do with your life? Are you open to what God would say to you? If God's calling you, maybe in this service, or maybe you want to talk to your, your student pastor or somebody or somebody later, would you be open to God calling you? And then let me ask you finally, is God calling you to salvation? Do you hear the, the voice of God in your life saying, I love you. I love you enough to talk to you. I'm a communicative God, and I'm calling you into fellowship with my son, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Oh, God. Enable us to hear your voice. I pray even now that some will hear and believe and cross over from death to life. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Would you stand together with me? If you hear the call of God, I'm going to invite you, if it's in a specific way, to come forward and share that here, and we'll rejoice with you. Maybe God's calling you to salvation. You can be baptized in a couple of weeks or whenever you choose, but today you could uh, make that confession of faith. Maybe God's calling you to be a part of this church family. We'd welcome you to walk forward and be a part of this church family. Join our church. Maybe to share some commitment to a call to ministry. God speak to you. Would you come? What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name. The name of Jesus Christ, my what a beautiful name it is, nothing compares to this, what a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. You didn't want heaven without us, so Jesus you
Father, we just ask that that we are our ears are open to your call, no matter what that call can be. Uh, we ask that that you just guide us and open our hearts and help us to bring you into our lives. We also ask that you bless these tithes and offerings till we do your will. In your son's name, we pray. Amen. that once was crowned with 
thorns is crowned with glory now. The Savior knelt to wash our feet. Now at his feet we bow. The one who wore our sin and shame now robed in majesty. The radiance of perfect love now shines for all to
isn't it? Hey, it's a joy to introduce folks coming into our church this morning. First of all, joining is Thomas and Charlene Baker. Would you stand by me for a moment? We are so glad to have. They come by statement of their faith and previous baptism uh, from another church, and we're so glad you're here. Welcome. Glad to have you in Manchester and glad you're a part of our church family. And I'm going to ask to come and stand by them, the Bonnet family, if you will. This is Donovan and Victoria Bonnet and their son, Charlie, who's uh, finished fourth grade, going into fifth grade. And they have two other children, Lily, who's seven, and Henry, who's 14. And they come, uh, or four, I'm sorry, four, four. And, uh, uh, yeah, we've been used to you there, I know. And then uh, they're coming from Community Baptist Church in Cosby, Texas. Welcome. We're so glad you're here, part of our church. They've been in uh, Colleen and Eric Foster's uh, Sunday school class. I don't think the deacons of that class is in this service, but if you remember, want to come uh, stand with them, I'd welcome you to do that. We're so glad you guys are here. If you'll welcome them into our church family, pray for them as they grow and put roots down here. Would you lift your hand up and say amen? Amen, amen indeed. Welcome. Y'all can have a seat for a moment if you will. This uh, is an exciting week for us in several ways. We've got uh, 34 middle schoolers and uh, leaders leaving tomorrow for uh, middle school summer camp. Uh, centrifuge at Carson Newman University. Would you pray for our middle schoolers and those chaperones leaving tomorrow? We have music camp. Uh, School of the Arts camp begins tomorrow. Would you pray uh, for those leaders and for those kids, uh, first through sixth graders who are in camp? Uh, this Wednesday is our begins our membership training. And so if you're a new member, we ask you to go through this uh, orientation. Or if you have not yet become a Christian, not yet a church member, this just lets you know what those things are about. No obligation. Meets this Wednesday, 6.30, goes for four Wednesday nights. Cindy and I lead it. Just come to the Welcome Center. Great orientation. Uh, Christianity and to our church. Hope you'll be a part of that. We're going to pray as we go and as we conclude this uh, weekend where we've celebrated the independence of our nation, I just want to invite you to pray for our country today. Uh, I'm going to lead us in this prayer. If you want to come and kneel here, you're welcome to do that. What, uh, right now you can do that while I'm, I'm talking. What better thing to do than to bow our knees for our country? The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 18, God said if at any time a nation turns from its ways and repents, I'll, I'll restore them. And it, the Bible says, if at any time a nation that I have decreed to be destroyed turns from its ways, I'll build them up. Uh, let's just pray for America in this closing. Would you bow with me? Oh, Father, first of all, I want to thank you for these folks coming into our church. I pray for these families. I pray this will be home to them. I pray this will be a blessing to them and that you'll use them to bless us. I pray for those who may need to hear your call upon their lives this morning. But primarily, Lord, right now in our closing, I pray for America. Oh, God, you have blessed America. It has been founded upon liberty, upon God-given principles, and we have been so richly blessed. We thank you for the heritage, the freedom of our nation. Lord, we come to pray for our nation. We fear, Lord, that some of our practices deserve your judgment, and we ask for mercy, and we pray for our great revival, and we pray for spiritual renewal, for Christians to rise up with faith and with hope and mercy. Lord, we pray for our leadership. We pray for President Trump and Vice President Pence. We pray they will fear you. We pray you'll give them wisdom. We pray for our Congress, that they will act in godly ways, and fear you. We pray for the future of America, that you will bless us richly and that we can be a blessing to the world. We pray.
pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Oh, yeah.